Welcome to the One Life Community Church Podcast. We're glad you're joining us. Our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus in everyday life. We're on a journey together to live and learn what it means to love God and love people. Our hope is that God would supernaturally use this message to influence and encourage others to follow Jesus. to reveal his strength. This week, um, we had the opportunity to get to celebrate John and Ashley Hurst. Ashley sings up here regularly. Um, They had their baby this week, and uh, we got the chance to go up there and uh, see little baby Riley. I think we have a picture. She's super cute. And honestly, I don't think babies are usually cute. Like, if you ever, you have to tell the person their baby's cute, but a lot of babies just look like older people that are in a smaller form. Um, not that older people aren't cute, just we'll work through it together. Um, but look, yeah, thanks. Um, but looking at this baby, all I could think about this week was like this baby that, that can just go to the restroom and eat, if left alone, wouldn't survive. I mean, it's, it's helpless. It's completely dependent on us to take care of it. And God chooses infants and babies to reveal his strength. It's it's beautiful because God doesn't need us to reveal his strength. We get the opportunity to be used in that revealing of strength. This week, I was thinking back, just praying over this verse, and um, uh, one of our missional family leaders here, uh, Jared Van, um, his wife, Emily, but I grew up with Jared and we've been like good friends since kindergarten. So we played same sports teams, went through elementary, junior high, high school. We lived together three different times. We now are both married and live like 12 houses down from each other. Both sets of our parents at one point or another were questioning like, hey, are y'all dating? <laughs> Like, are y'all good? It's like, no, we just, we enjoy the same things and God has kind of kept our past together. But um, Jared's dad, who has been a huge uh, mentor to me, uh, he's, he's my baseball coach, basketball coach, two years ago, uh, was diagnosed with ALS. And uh, when asked, when just I've heard him describe ALS numerous times and he describes it as always losing something. The, the body just kind of begins to shut down it begins to get real frail. And um, a year ago, he taught in front of his life group um, and his, his voice, he was struggling. Um, it, was, it was amazing to see him get to teach. And for 50 minutes, he just exemplified Jesus, um, celebrated. He kept saying, don't feel bad for me. I'm going home. And, and the, the cool part is in this moment of brokenness and weakness, the room laughed the whole time. He's a funny man, his wife, Judy, is powerful as well. And, uh, and the ALS did not, for them, was not the place that they found God. They knew God. They were powerful people for Jesus. But he over and over, and, and since then, I've heard him say it numerous times, man, God is so big and powerful. God is so prevalent in my life right now. This man that for my whole life I saw as a powerful, strong man is in a state right now physically it's very, very weak. But mentally and spiritually, God's strength 
through his actions and words are so powerful. And it's, it's changed my heart over and over again. And I hope and pray that if I'm ever in that situation, that I, that I lean into the power of God the way they have. But in his sermon, Don referenced a poem that I used to carry as a kid on a little keychain. And it's, you've maybe heard of it. It's the Footprints in the Sand poem. And if you haven't, basically the premise is that there's guys having a dream and in this, in this vision, he's walking on the beach and his life's flashing before him. But when he turns around and all these things are bad times, good times, but when he turns around, there's only one set of footprints. And um, Don said that right now he's in that season of walking on that beach and he turns around, there's only one set of footprints because Jesus is just consistently carrying him. Man, that, there's so much power in our weakness I see this in Dawn and I see this in other people, but I want to encourage you today before we go any further, that state of brokenness, that state of hurt, it, it, for some reason it postures us in a way that God is able to come in and change our lives. You are never too far gone. That's a myth. You are never at a place that you cannot be saved, that you cannot be loved and love people. God uses Weakness and the weak to reveal how powerful and strong he is. The Van family um, is, is beautiful to me um, through this journey and in their eyes throughout this whole process. And I believe their response to what is going on in their family is because their eyes are constantly looking up. They're constantly relying on God. God, this was never part of our plan, but we submit to your plan. And, and I love because David's got a lot of this in him as well, you know, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, the moon and stars which you have set in place by the work of your fingers. You gotta realize too, David didn't know anything about stars and the atmosphere like we know today. He just looked at the darkness and was in awe by it. We know so much more now about how big it really is, about how small we truly are. It's cool that, that this God who in Genesis created and formed man and he hung the stars. He hand placed them throughout the universe. Are you getting the picture of how big God is? I think however big we think he is, we're not even close David's trying to describe this picture that, that this God who's glorious and big that sets above the heavens that placed the stars. Now, one of the very few, very few negatives and being a wish all false is we don't have a lot of great places to go um, and just, I feel like I'm gonna say this, I'll probably get in trouble, but like set and see um, just God's beautiful nature, right? You go to Wichita Mountains, that's pretty cool. But like Mount Everest, or, you know, you can go to the Red River. It's fine, you know. We got the falls, but, I mean, we made those. But, but one of the things that's encouraging to me, and this week it played out, is um, my wife loves storms. Like, she's weird about them. And as soon as it's, it's on the radar and it's going to happen, Katie's in the car, she's leaving, and she's going to the highest point she can get where she can see the farthest. And the storms roll in and she just sits there and she'll sing and she'll cry. And it just brings joy to me to see how big that she sees God in the storms. Now, the first time I ever 
really started talking and hanging out with Katie. I lived in my dad's back house, and Katie came over, and we were hanging out, and a storm was coming in. She's like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a great storm. I was like, oh, cool, like, we're going to watch a movie, or, and so next thing you know, Katie just walks out the door, climbs up on the roof of my dad's house, and just setting up there, right? My dad hasn't met her yet, so he comes out, he's like, hey man, someone on the roof? I'm like, yeah, I've been meaning to tell you, um, I'm hanging out with this girl named Katie, she likes storms, she's sitting on the roof, and he's like, she needs to get down, I was like, cool, Katie, meet my dad, dad, probably going to marry her. Um, but Katie finds joy. That's, that's where she sees the glory of God. And it's cool to see that in David as he's looking up and he's saying, God, you are so big. You, you, you place these stars. This God is massive. This God is so big. He doesn't need us. And he, he's already demonstrated that what David's saying with an infant, right? Like, who are we to God? Well, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you cared for him, yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under his feet. What is man that you are mindful of him? What I think is beautiful about this is that David didn't say, God, you placed us a little higher, a little higher than the beasts of the field and the animals. God, thank you for placing us a little bit higher. What he says is, God, you place us a little lower, a little lower than the heavenly beings. Why, why is that important? Well, where are David's eyes? What's David looking at? David's eyes are fixed on God. Not the circumstances around him. Not what's going on in his own life. He's looking up at God and saying, God, you made us a little lower than the heavenly beings. I think for a lot of us, it's a check on where our eyes are. What are we looking at? You see this God that, that have hung the stars, that placed him in the sky, that sets above the heavens, this God, um, handmade man and woman. He, he hand placed us. He breathed into our lungs. That's a big God. But that God that made us in his image, as we begin to turn our eyes away from him, and not do what we've been called to do, which is a privilege to worship him in everyday life. When our eyes sink down and look at what's around us and celebrate being above that versus being below God, what happens is we begin to look like the beasts. We begin to look like the animals. Our focus comes off glorifying God. It becomes about look what's around us. I thought I wasn't getting to this, but I think I am. Yesterday was a weird day for Wichita Falls. Uh, if, if you're a Wichita resident or, or voted, we had these propositions go through, and, and I'm not, we, we have no, no desire to talk today about um, what was right or wrong in that. That's completely irrelevant in this equation. But, but what's important, and we talked about it this morning with our group. Um, Ronnie's talked about this to our staff for years. Wichita Falls and what God's doing here, though we want to grow it and make it better, it's the people. Ronnie talks about in this video for our city um, that if, I can't remember how many years ago we were voted which the United States or whatever, the most average city. That's a bummer vote. That's a bummer vote. But Ronnie said something that, that I love. He said, I don't believe that we could be average if God made us. 
I don't believe that's what makes us average. And I believe no matter what side of the fence you are on, on politics or things, listen, when our eyes are on God, the things of this world will come and go. We will see wins and victories. We will see pains and failures. But at the end of the day, it's to God be the glory. I mean, I, I, I pray that, that we be a community that fights for reconciliation in our city that stands in the midst of chaos, knowing that God stands in the midst of the chaos in our own lives and delivers good news of the gospel, that freedom is near, that hope is near, that no matter what is going on in someone's life, they can be loved. I pray that that's the community we are and we continue to fight for. My reaction to things initially is not always great. That's why for like eight years, Ronnie basically monitored my Twitter and Facebook posts. I'm a quick fire. I like to just fire fast and just start to throw bombs at people. I start to feel righteous. Like, hey, this is how this is going to work. All you idiots. It's a terrible posture. Who am I? And I love as as David is describing this, this powerful God that his eyes are up. When, when our eyes are on God, we can understand and believe who he is and who we are. You see, we understand who we are because of who he is. Does that make sense? We understand who we are. Our identity is rooted as sons and daughters of the Most High. That's who we are. We were created by God for God, to be with God. Sin enters the picture, and what does sin do? It separates us from God. You see, sin isn't merely just us breaking some rules. It's not that we didn't follow this command. It's not just that we didn't do this. Sin is in a moment us believing all wrong identity and not putting God in his rightful place. We, be, we begin to believe and say, oh, I, I got this. Like, I'm the God of this money. I'm the God of this relationship. I'm the God of this decision. And that's where sin begins to flood in. Our eyes are no longer fixed on, God, I trust you. God, I trust you with this disease. God, I trust you with these bills that I will never be able to pay. God, I trust you with this relationship that seems dead. God, I believe that you can do something with it. By the way, Don Van's sermon was called, um, When God Says No. You see, trusting God for him didn't always have to be about being healed and fixed. It was about trusting God. And his eyes fixed on the throne, the God who sits above the heavens. This is everything. When we sin, our our repentance is, God, I repent that I believed that I was the God of this situation. God, I repent that that I believed I was in control. But we, I define um, disciple as somebody, somebody who is increasingly, increasingly learning to submit every area of their life to the power and the lordship of Jesus. It's an ongoing process. It's one that every day we say, God, I believe that I'm believing the wrong things about this situation. I believe that I'm the God, but you are the God. God, I ask that you would take that back over because you've always been in control. David is describing this God that is magnificent and powerful. Our sin only reveals what's in our heart. Just like that first quote, that first question I asked you, what do you care about? What do you care about? What is is going on in your heart and mind? And listen, I'm telling you, the mistake I made for so much of my life was I believed it. 
but I was too afraid to confess that I wrestled with it. That there were moments in my life that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is true. Doubts would invade, but I was too afraid to be in a community of believers and say that. Because who, who am I? They're, they're going to look down on me. I didn't want to be a failure, but I'm telling you, it's in the weakness. It's in that brokenness that, that God, I don't know. But God's presence is so near. It's where our lives change. I, I believe you can go through the rest of your life postured up constantly learning but never applying and living and I believe you're going to miss out on a ton of God's greatness I believe you're going to miss out on following him here I believe you're going to miss out on blessings and that's not always monetary sometimes it's knowing that in the the nightmare of life that you are loved that no matter what can happen it can't be taken from us you see, how are we not the boldest people that we serve a Jesus that came, lived, died, and then defeated death? Like, defeated it, and then rose again. The one thing for us that will happen was defeated by Jesus. He has earned his place, he, and he didn't have to. Uh, my challenge for you this week is to ask the question, what do you care about? It's really interesting to just listen to yourself or think back on what you, what have I talked about this week? Um, Really interesting. And you're gonna forget like 30 seconds into your first conversation and that's okay. But my challenge for you is to continuously, one, I would go through the Psalms with us and I would read them. I would look at this this God who is big and powerful and I would worship him. I would spend some time trying to refocus where our eyes are are we looking at the things of man to fix the problem? Or are we realizing the problem is already fixed by God? What are we looking at? Listen, no political system, no education system, no medical system, no person will fix your problems completely. We are broken people. As we brought sin into the world, brokenness will stay. It's not going to be the Republican or Democratic Party. It's it's not going to come in the form of a great sermon. It's when our eyes are looking at Jesus, we realize and we get a bigger picture. God, thank you for not only creating us and loving us, but coming and dying so that we could be free, but also being with us and walking with us through everyday life. I, I pray that today you get a little bit more of what Don Van has that in the nightmare of life, when you turn around, you realize that those steps aren't yours. Band's coming up. I'm praying. I'm gonna go back into singing songs and and I hope that we worship differently. I hope that we, as we sing these songs, that we look and we realize this God is huge and deserving of our praise. But I'm challenging you this week. Your weakness is okay. It's in the weakness that, that God changes It's in your brokenness that God will rebuild himself and his strength. My life is a theme of this. I've planned out my whole life from 16 on and not a single thing's gone right. Not a single thing, but everything has been better than I thought it would be. Yeah, God's changing what is going on before us. He loves us, but it's not gonna be easy.
There's some pain, there's some death, there's some destruction in front of us. But I'm here to tell you that the Jesus that defeated death is with you. That the freedom is near. There's never a moment, never a time that you will be alone. It's the moments that we feel alone, that our eyes have drifted away from the God above the heavens and have looked down at what's going on. Family, may we be a community that fights for reconciliation in our city. May we be a community that that looks at the people in the city, the ones that we don't wanna like, the ones that disagree with us on everything, the ones that hate us, the ones that are broken, the ones that don't know where they are. May we be the people that come love first, the people that come with the ultimate authority of Jesus, not to fix and change because that's God's job, but to set in love. We could never solve a problem by performance because our problem wasn't solved by it. No matter where you are today, no matter what place you are, your heart, what's going on in your life, the sin, whatever's hanging over your life, freedom is here now. And I'm asking that you you take a, a deep breath and your eyes look up. No brokenness, no fear, no anxiety. My wife and I spent some time praying this morning. Anxiety is a big thing for me. I, I just, my eyes, my number one, uh, one of my thousand problems is that my worth comes from what I do. That's just the reality. I, I get value at times. I believe I get value from what I do, how hard I work, how well I work, how well I love somebody. That's my value, but it's a myth. It's a lie. And it's what drives anxiety into my life. Because in that moment, I'm believing that I'm the God of the equation. I make a really, really bad God. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on. But I'm telling you, there'll be people down front to pray with you. You don't have to have people. I mean, you do. Community's going to be massive. But but this God is present. He's near. He's lingering. The Spirit is hovering over us today. You don't have to go through this week alone and broken. Find joy. Find peace. Lift your eyes. Pray with me. Jesus. thank you for being a good father God thank you for being our provider our savior our hope our joy God thank you for loving us despite us God I ask right now for my heart and every heart in this room God that you would begin to mold us and shape us and change us to understand that we are loved and we are cared for God I ask for everybody in this room right now that any brokenness and fear God any anxiety and doubt God it's not of you it's never been of you. God, as we walk into a world that is difficult, that is painful, that is destructive, we walk in with the boldness of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and a light that lights up any darkness. But God, that's hard to believe sometimes. So I'm asking for my heart and for the hearts of people in this room, God, that have doubt and fear. God, that you calm them and say it's okay because you're near. God, thank you for this community. Thank you for changing my life. Pray us in Jesus' name.